Hello, word nerds. Welcome to the dictionary. This is a fun podcast, isn't it? You know, I was thinking I would, I would probably be doing this anyway, uh, even if I weren't recording it. <clears throat> I think that there's part of me that would be like, yeah, just read the dictionary a little bit at a time because it honestly is super fascinating. And I think, well, if you're not listening to this, you won't hear me say this. But if you're not listening to this, you can just go. You should just go read the dictionary. You don't need me to say it. Um, but hey, if you are listening regularly, that is pretty awesome. And it warms me little heart. All right, let's talk about the first word. It is clairvoyance. C-L-A-I-R-V-O-Y-A-N-C-E. This is a noun from 1838. One, the power or faculty of discerning objects, objects not present to the senses power or faculty of discerning objects so the other one that we had yesterday was clear audience that was sounds this is objects this is seeing things or being aware that an object is there when it's not really there right that's what it's saying all right number two ability to perceive matters beyond the range of ordinary perception and the synonym is penetration so the idea of clairvoyance and clairaudience if it is what I'm thinking, so the, I mean, the easiest example of like, there's somebody who is born who has the ability in their eyes, they're like a mutant, they have the ability to see, you know, ultraviolet light. We There's visible light, and then there's light on either side with longer waveforms and shorter waveforms because everything's energy. So is this saying that there are people who scientifically have the ability to perceive things like the sound that's like, Objectively, we know that an animal is making a, a high-range frequency sound that humans can't hear, but this person is clairaudience, so they can actually hear that sound. Is that what clairvoyance and clairaudience is? I don't know. It makes it sound like it's a bit more scientific than something saying, like, somebody who can see auras, you know? There's, like, no science behind that, so I just find this super fascinating. Um... Okay, next is clairvoyant. So it's it's the T at the end. This is the first form adjective from 1844. One, having clairvoyance, able to see beyond the range of ordinary perception. See, that supports what I think. I don't know. If you are an expert on clairvoyance, I want to talk to you. Or, actually, even better... If you are clairvoyant, if you technically have the ability to hear sounds lower or higher than what is typical sounds that we can hear or same with sight or whatever, what would, is there a version for smell? I mean, smell is, it's all energy. Uh, would there, is there like ultrasonic smells and the opposite of that? I can't think of the word. That would be interesting. All right. Uh, so clairvoyant, uh, I don't think I, yeah, I read the first one, uh, as in claims to be clairvoyant. I do not claim to be clairvoyant. I wish I could. This is awesome, but I cannot. Number two of, or relating to clairvoyance as in clairvoyant powers. Ooh, with the clairvoyant powers I have, I can see something. I can hear something clairvoyantly is an adverb second oh uh i should look at the etymology it is french from clair which means clear uh plus voyant 
uh, would that be a Latin word? Maybe. Uh, that is uh, the, from the verb pouvoir. Is it French? Yes, French. It said French. Pouvoir. Pouvoir. What does pouvoir mean? To see. So you can see clearly. I can see clearly now. The rain has gone. This is how my brain works. Uh, so to see clearly. Uh, and that is from the Latin vivere. Videre. And there's more at the word wit. Seen clearly. Hearing clearly. All right. Second form of clairvoyant is a noun from 1846. One having the power of clairvoyance. Again, not me. Okay, next is clam. Or would it be, yeah, yeah, clam. Uh, first form, noun from before the 12th century. Synonyms are, uh, now wait, I think I, did I, yeah, that's it. Synonyms are clamp and clasp. I just saw so much text in the etymology, I thought it was the actual definition. No, it is from the Old English clam with two M's, which means bond or fetter akin to the Old High German klama, which means constriction, and perhaps from the Latin glomus, glomus, which means ball. That would be great if all the balls were called glomus, glomuses. All right, maybe we should just change English. Let's just change it all right now. Uh, all right, second form of clam is a noun from circa 1520, 1A, any of numerous edible marine bivalve mollusks living in sand or mud. So lots of adjectives. 1B, a freshwater mussel. Number two, a stolid or closed-mouthed person. A stolid or stolid? I'm not sure. I think it might be stolid. A stolid or closed-mouthed person is a clam because they ain't talking. They're clammed up. Uh, number three, synonym is clamshell. Four, uh, it's the number three definition for the word dollar. Dollars and clams. That's what the people say, isn't it? So this is from the clamping action of the shells. They clamp down. Third form of clam is a verb from 1636. To gather clams, especially by digging. And clamor is a noun. Let's go clamming. No, let's not do that. So, so the clams clam up. And they make a, they're clammed at that point. All right, next is claimant. C-L-A-M-A-N-T. Clam ant. Haha, <laughs> that's how it should be spelled. Clam ant. Uh, this is an adjective from 1639. One, clamorous or blatant. Those are the synonyms. Clamorous and blatant. Two, demanding attention. Synonym is urgent. And claimantly is an adverb. Uh, this is from the Latin verb clamare, which means to cry out. Well, that's funny, because crying out, you are not clamming up when you are crying out. You are doing the opposite. If you were clammed, then you would not be crying out. Uh, so clearly, the our clam does not come from clamare. All right. Uh, next is clam bake. I've never been to a clam bake, I don't think, and I probably never will. It's a noun from 1835. 1A, an outdoor party, especially a seashore outing where food is usually cooked on heated rocks covered by seaweed. That is a thing that people do. 1B, the food served at a clam bake. And I need a drink of water. Pause. And we're back. If I had a commercial, ooh, maybe I will have a commercial. I'll put it there. 
let's see. So we were at Clam Bake. Uh, number two, a gathering characterized by noisy sociability, especially a political rally. Is a clam bake. Next is clamor or clamber, because that's how it's spelled with a B. Clamber. This is a verb from the 14th century, just intransitive, to climb awkwardly, as by scrambling. That is how I would get up something. I would clamber, clamber about. As in the example, clambered over the rocks. It is so fun to clamber over the rocks. You might look stupid, but that's okay. Clamberer is a noun. Um, any etymology? Climbing. It's from climb, basically. Uh, okay, next is clammy. This is an adjective from the 14th century. One, being damp, soft, sticky, and usually cool. Ugh, I, I don't like to be clammy. This is just not a word that I appreciate. Um, not that I don't like the word itself. I just don't like to be clammy. Uh, as in, cold, clammy hands. Here, let me give you a big handshake with my cold, clammy hands. and Put my hands on your face. Wouldn't you like that? Nope. Also as in, clammy air. Number two, lacking normal human warmth. Blech. As in, the clammy atmosphere of an institution. Let's get some people up in there to warm it up. What would be the opposite of clammy? Uh, maybe I'll look it up in the thesaurus. Clamily is an adverb and clamminess is a noun. Uh, probably from Middle English clamen, which means to smear or stick. Um, from the Old English clag, which means clay. So clay, clay okay. Next is clamor. C-L-A-M-O-C-M. That's not how the letters go. C-L-A-M-O-R. Noun from the 14th century. 1A. Noisy shouting. 1B. A loud continuous noise. 2. Insistent public expression as of support or pro protest. Get the words out. Clamor. Um, from the Latin clanare, no, clamare, which means to cry out. Ah, that came back. That makes more sense. And there's more at the word claim. Next is the second form of clamor, verb from the 14th century. It is so interesting to just be so focused on little pieces of the English language, just one at a time. Um, all right, uh, intransitive, to make a din. That was number one. Number one, to make a din. Number two, to become loudly insistent, as in, clamored for his impeachment. What did he do? I've got some thoughts. Now, transitive, one, to utter or proclaim insistently and noisily. Two, to influence by means of clamor. Third form of clamor. Transitive verb from 1611. It is obsolete. Nobody uses this anymore. The synonym is silence. <laughs> Maybe people stopped using it because it became to mean crying out and making sounds. Uh, so, yeah, of course it's not going to mean silence anymore. But back in the day, you'd say clamor and you meant silence. The origin of, is of, the origin of this is unknown. Next is clamorous, or just clamorous. Adjective from the 15th century. One, marked by confused din or outcry, and a synonym is tumultuous. Number two, 
uh, means noisily insistent. This is very similar to the previous one. Uh, synonym is the word vociferous. That is such a good word, vociferous. If I were trying to figure out words backwards, I might try that one. Clamorously is an adverb, and clamorousness is a noun. Next is clamor, with an O-U-R, clam-hour. Chiefly British variation of clamor without the U, because the Brits like to do that. How many times have I said that statement? A bunch. I'm going to say it a bunch more, just like all the other things I say. Next is, oh, we have made it to the end. It is our last word. It is clamp. Clamps. Clamps. What is that guy, Clamps, from Futurama? You think that maybe I should use these clamps that I use every day at every opportunity? C-L-A-M-P. The first form, noun from the 14th century. One. Oh, my God. Why do I keep on saying century weird? One. A device designed to bind or constrict, or to press two or more parts together, so as to hold them firmly. Clamp. Two, any of various instruments or appliances having parts brought together by, no, brought together for holding or compressing something. The etymology says from the Old English clam, which means to bond or fetter. And there's more at the word clam. It's they're clamping. Clams are clamping. We should call them clamps, not clams. I don't know. Uh, all right. So I think it is time to reread the words clairvoyance. Clairvoyant, clairvoyant. Clam, clam, clam. Clamant, clam bake. Clamber and clammy. Clamor, clamor, clamor. Clamorous, clamor, clam. That's it. Um, all right. Well, I mean, obviously all these words were incredibly fun, but... I think I shall pick clairvoyance as the word of the episode. That also encompasses clairaudience, obviously. It's crazy. All right. Oh, I sort of sang a song. That's fine. Clairvoyance. Clairvoyance. Um, Let's look at the holidays for July 26th. That is the page that we are on. It is national, no, day of national significance in Barbados, in Cuba, or Cuba, day of the national rebellion. It is Esperanto Day in Liberia. It is Independence Day. It's also Independence Day in the Maldives. In India, it is Cargill or Cargill Victory Day. Anything on this page? I switched my pages around because this one... It ain't as good as the other one, but sometimes it has something different. And the fun holidays for July 26th. National Aunt and Uncle Day. Thanks, aunts and uncles, for being the ones that are so much cooler than the parents. I can say that because I am an uncle, and my wife is an aunt, and I think we're the best. No. That's all. That's all goof. Uh, It is also National Coffee Milkshake Day. Uh, Coffee Milkshake. If you like coffee, you might like that. I'm not the biggest coffee fan. All right, that's it. Thank you very much for listening, and until next time, this is Spencer dispensing information. Goodbye.